So once again, we say good evening. I want to say thank you for the pastor for the privilege to take this very, very, very interesting passage of the scripture. So we are on our journey um, in Acts of the Apostles, and this is what? Part what? 32, yeah, 32, 32. So that, that tells you how far we have come. And today, our scripture, a passage for meditation is from Acts 16, from Acts chapter 16, from verse 16 up until 40. We're going to be reading from the New Living Translation this evening. And I'll read. It says, one day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit and enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes, meaning she could prophesy. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus. Come out of her, and instantly, instantly it left her. Our master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. What was that custom they thought in the name of Jesus? A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. I mean, if you grew up in the age I grew up, I'm not so old. Remember the song, Paul and Silas, they pray, they sang. The whole, it was popular then, but now we don't sing those kind of songs. You know, we're kind of cool. We kind of sing, you know, some, you know, twitch songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when we used to pray, Paul and Silas, they prayed. And that's battle song before some kind of prayer. <laughs> Anyways. So. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This guy didn't even utter a word to him. Action, like pastor would say, action. And this guy says, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along 
with everyone in your household. You see, because tribe is um, pretty much a Bible study experience, we might not be able to go into, I mean, if I, if I was to speak about everything that comes to my heart, I feel the Holy Spirit puts in my heart, I mean, two, three, four hours will not be enough. So that's why you need to go back and study for yourself. And God will amplify the paths that he wants to um, cause to flow in your life in this season. Because it was, it was interesting to me to say, what can I do to be saved? And they're saying, not just you, you and your entire household. That's just a teachable moment right there. So they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. An entire family, and I can dare say an entire lineage was saved as a result. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. Paul said, Nebo, <laughs> they have beaten us without a trial and put us in prison. And we are Roman citizens. So now they want us, they want us to live secretly? Certainly not. Let them calm themselves. Everybody say, let them calm themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them. Everybody say, begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There, they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Now, because I'm not going to say, talk much about that last part, I just want to say that those guys still went back to preach. They preached the same Jesus, you know. And they left town. They were not even in a hurry to leave town. After their lives were, what you can say, um, well, their lives were at peril. So the first thing I'd like to note from this um, scripture tonight, there's a whole lot, like I said, is the fact that not everyone that foretells does so by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Not everyone that prophesies is led by God. Prophecy in itself is a sign, but it shouldn't be a conclusive sign that makes us just follow anybody. And that is one thing that even in this part of the world, a lot of us fall victims to. Men, women tend to follow. Someone is saying something that seems to be correct and people are following them. People are following them. What should we do? Scripture says that we should test all things. Test all things. Test all spirits, one of the scriptures says. Then it says, test all things. Test all spirits. Can we put up that scripture? Test all things to know what spirits Test all spirits to know what spirit is prophesying. Then he says, after it says test all spirits, it says test all things. Test all things. So we see this lady follows this apostle for days, shouting, these men are from God. It seems like she's evangelizing, right? It seems like she's evangelizing for them, even though she was demon-possessed. It seems like she's, she's, she's prophesying something that if you look at on the surface, you say this one is for, is for Jesus. Some theologians have actually said that our intentions was to disrupt, not necessarily to really um, 
um, allude to the fact that they were, they were uh, people of God. She was shouting, you know, because she, once because she wanted to enhance the gospel, but because she wanted to say, you know what, this is like one of us. I'm, after all, how did I know that they were people of God? I de- so we are together. We are together. And, and, and that went on, you know, for, for days. And Paul got, got irritated, and as the scripture says, he commanded the demon spirit to leave the girl in the name of Jesus. And the demon spirit obeyed instantly. So I say in the name of Jesus, every situation that you can tell is demonic, in the name of Jesus, they come to an end now. Amen. So you also have that authority to go home, to go into places where you see a demonic manifestation and command them in the name of Jesus to end and they will end in Jesus' name. And this is not the first time that we see demons proclaim God's power. And that, that, I found that really interesting. Because in, in, in Luke 4, for instance, Dr. Luke, I mean, shared a similar situation where Jesus went into a place and uh, de- demons were saying, Jesus, have you, have you come to destroy us? What, what business do we, do we have with you? And Jesus commanded the demons to, to leave. And they did. They, they, they went out immediately. So when I, 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 I was studying that and I, and I thought about that scripture, I was saying to myself that the demons, they recognize Jesus' authority. Then why, they, why then would they want to exp- expose themselves? Why, why, were, why were they exposing themselves? You know, so and I think that will be my, my first question for Pastor when, when, um, when he finally comes on this, this evening. One other thought that came to my mind was, why did Paul not address this demon immediately because he had the authority to paul had already been using the name of jesus right but the moment the demon started why didn't paul address that demon immediately i think the answer is in the flow everybody say flow and that is pretty much where we will spend most of our evening meditation on flow one more time everybody say flow flow as believers you and I must stay in flow. Why? Because that is what guarantees our identity as God's children. What guarantees your identity as a child of God is actually the flow. Romans 8 verse 14 in the Amplified Version says, For all who are allowing themselves, can we put up that scripture? Are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit as sons and daughters of God. Allowing. Allowing is the active word there. It means that the same way you can allow the spirit, you can do what? You can disallow the spirit. So question, are you allowing yourself to be led by God's spirit? Or are you allowing your flesh dictate your actions or reactions? It's an important. I'm going to be asking a few questions this evening. And there are questions that I would like us to wrestle with. In your last conversation, prior to when you got here, who led that conversation? Driving to church this evening or even when you were boarding the bus or asking the conductor for your change. Who led that conversation? When you disagree with your spouse, who leads the conversation? Because there's an allowing and there's a disallowing. Who did you disallow or what did you disallow? In your office, 
when things are not going your way. When you transact and there's an opportunity to give a bribe or not give a bribe, who do you allow? I ask myself the same questions. So yeah, we're all in the same boat this evening. Growing up, we used to make paper boats. You can remember, because these days, I told my, my boys about it. They make paper boats now, but they don't put the boats anywhere. <laughs> you know, recently, their teachers helped them make paper boats, and I was so excited when I saw that. But growing up, we used to make paper boats, and we used, to, we used those paper boats, right? Who remembers? I know them Pastor K, they were the ones where we uttered the boats, or them, or them bishop, you know, or Gavolaji, they uttered the boat. But we, we, we picked up those things. You know, can you put up that picture? This is what we used to do when I was growing up. We put the boat and we blow it. We do race with the boats. Then the most the prettiest part was when it rains, you know, sometimes we'll be under the rain. Or if you, of course, if we we're caught, it's serious quacking. We'll be under the rain, you know, make our boats, put them, then the water will just take it. Can you show the other picture, please? And that's exactly what happens. Then we'll be racing. Which of the boats, you don't have to do anything after the first push, really. The boat just sips, okay, just nodding like, yeah. <laughs> remembers the days that his boats used to win. You know, and the boat just flows, you know, to wherever it is people call the finish line. The boat flows. And one of the expressions of the Holy Spirit is actually water. That's one of the expressions of the Holy Spirit. So the identity of the believer is actually in the flow. You are, something is carrying you as a believer. What is carrying, what has been carrying you? <laughs> Emotions? Nah. I loved what Pasuke was telling us about last week, passion. And passion is a wonderful career. But if that passion is not founded in Christ, I fear for where you are flowing to. I fear for where you are flowing to. So passion has to be in the right direction, and that right direction is led by the Holy Spirit. Earlier in verse 6 of Acts 16, Dr. Luke again tells us that the Holy Spirit kept Paul and his companions from preaching the, in, in the province of Asia. And of course, like we learned last week, it sounded counterintuitive because in Matthew 28, Jesus has said, go and make disciples of all men, right? And Pastor K did say last week that one of the, I mean, possible reasons why the Holy Spirit restrained them was because... Um, can you put up that slide? Because we don't see the bigger picture at first, right? And also because you usually have a bigger fish to fry. And that is so, so important and true, right? And I believe, again, one of my questions to Pastor, because I was hoping Pastor would also tell us his own, you know, he always has some, some <laughs> scrunchie, like I say, reasons why he felt the Holy Spirit resisted, forbade them is what he said. And forbid for me is such a strong word. If the Holy Spirit said, do not, say, the Holy Spirit said they should not enter, you know, I'd have taken it lightly. But when he said forbade, he prevented them. Huh? Don't try it. <laughs> My people in Benin say, hey, Damoy. <laughs> what they say to Yorubasa? However, it's important that the apostles, to note that the apostles were sent. The apostles were sent. And the one that sent them was the one who told them not to try it. So they didn't go to places of their own accord. 
they flowed to the places where the Holy Spirit wanted them to go. And in fact, in chapter 15, we can also see, I think towards the end, 40, Paul and Silas, he says, were commissioned. He says the believers prayed and they commissioned them for the journey. So yes, they were eventually penetrate Asia, but God had his own way. He wanted it done his own way. Choosing Galatia instead of Ephesus, which would have been the capital city of Asia Minor. So, why did Scripture say the Holy Spirit forbid or forbid them? It's another question that I will ask Pastor when he comes on. I'm sure he's listening to us right now, so he's got his groove on. I'd like us to see the slides for a graphic picture of what happened to Saul, his first and second journeys. I, I found this interesting because the marks, I, I didn't know how to marry his journeys in my head, but the, the, the arrows helped us see that the red one was actually his first journey. Um, the second one, which is the blue one, was, in fact, what he wanted to do was the third journey before the second journey was which was penetrate through Ephesus. Yes, that's, I like this one. Ephesus, Smyrna, and Pegamos. But God says, no, you can I forbid you to go in there. He says, okay, let's keep going, let's keep going, walking, you know. You're getting to Mysia. I said, can we just go into Bithynia? God says, I, I, I say, you can't, you can't go in there. And they continue to trials. And if you go towards the up north, is where Macedonia was. And that was where someone was praying, like Pastor okay, taught us last week. And they answered to that call of the person's prayer. So the point we're trying to bring out here is that we must be focused on what God is saying. Because in chapter 15, they had commissioned them to go, right? They were on a journey. And ideally, you're commissioned to go on a journey. We had Asia before us. The capital at the time of Asia Minor was Ephesus. It's only, it only makes logical sense to go into Ephesus. But the Holy Spirit says, I forbid you. How did they know the Holy Spirit forbade them? I'll say it's because they were not focused necessarily on what God said. They were more focused on what God is saying. Saying is present participle. Said is past tense. Saying is present participle. It is active. Said can be past tense. So my brother, my sister this evening, the question to you is, what is God saying? What is God saying? Interestingly, if you read in Revelations 1.11, the scripture tells us that these three places, can you put that, that graphic again? These three places that he forbade them from entering were the first three names mentioned in the churches God said, John, I want to write a letter to. So again, it just makes you go deep into thoughts. What is God saying per time? What is God saying per time? What's God saying per time? And that illustration that came to my mind was when Jesus told the disciples, commissioned them in Matthew 10 and said, go in twos now, go, you know, go and do things, go signs and wonders. But you must not enter the town of the Samaritans. So they say, okay, sir. But guess what? Jesus himself went to the Samaritan town and went to a Samaritan woman, interacted with her and saved the whole town. So you, you, the question is, what is God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? So this brings me to the first point about flow this evening. Flow. Flow. Pivotal to flow is listening. To know what God is saying right now, then we must be listening. And again, I could have said listen, 
But listening is actually present participle. It's active. It's not just I listened. You know, you could have listened yesterday, right? How many of us listened to God's word yesterday? Read the Bible yesterday. How many of us still read the Bible today? So, see, some hands have gone down. So, sometimes you listened to what he said yesterday. But today, he says, they are new every morning. God has said something today. Do you know what he said? God has said something today. The, 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 the apostles were proactive listeners. They were proactive listeners. So, because they're proactive listeners, they, they, they were able to discern when God says, no, you can't go here. Walk through this place. And as they were going, it's okay, you know what? Bithena is another very good place to enter. God says, no, no, continue on your journey. Continue on your journey. So, these proactive listeners, it's no wonder why they seemed unperturbed when they eventually got to that place they were going to and there was adversity all around them. Because they seemed un unbothered to me. I don't know if you read the scriptures differently. They seemed so unbothered. God led them to Macedonia. They went to Macedonia. In Macedonia, they saw hell, right? So, one other thing that I took out from this lesson was the fact that Paul could actually have avoided being flogged, you know. Why? Because he was a Roman citizen. So, if you see in Acts 22, again, you can note that down. We're not going to read it tonight because of time. I see that time is going really fast. But in between 25 and 29, you see Paul says to them, he was asking the people that are about to flog him and say, do you want to flog a Roman citizen? And the scripture says that when they found out that it was a Roman citizen, they cowered. We, can't, ah, we, have, we have messed up. If this gets to, to Rome, we're in trouble. And they, they withdrew. So Paul could have actually told these guys that are about to flog him, so, you know what, I'm a Roman citizen and avoid flogging. Why didn't, he, why didn't he play that card? Why didn't he play that card? I think Paul actually was heading towards his destination for that particular region, which was, this, was, the, was the dungeon, as the case may be. Because remember, the, the man said, how can I be saved? He said, no, we didn't come here for just you. We came here for you and what? Your entire household. Hallelujah. If you want to clap, you can clap unto the Lord. So to flow with the Holy Spirit, to flow with what the Holy Spirit had planned, Paul and Silas proactively listened with intent to understand. Because when you listen proactively, it's with intent to understand. Do not go to Asia was beyond not just don't enter Asia. It was also I have something else planned. So why you heard do not go to Asia? Understanding says God does not want me to go to Asia because there's something else coming. Do not go to Asia came with the unspoken demands of heaven, a pastor will say, I have something else planned. Pivotal to flow in listening is listening to have understanding. And that's the second thing, to flow. Now, the things I'm talking about are the things that I have also checked my life and the life of some other believers around me to see, okay, these are the things that happen when we flow. They have so much more. And I believe, again, that's another question I like to ask pastor in his flow. What's that one pivotal thing, right? There's so much more. But I just picked out five this evening. If I'm not able to, I'll mention, I mean, at some point, I'll say all five. If I'm not able to cover the scriptures to back up all five, I'll tell you and then you go do research. The second thing that I feel that's helped on that journey is understanding. Everybody's understanding. 
they had an understanding. Paul and Silas understood that God had broken their chains and responded with earthquake and broken the stocks from their hands and their feet. Not for any reason else, but in response to their prayers. Because there was no reason. Why would their stocks just fall off? They prayed and it happened. They knew that's why it happened. They knew that the earthquake was for them. They understood that it was not coincidental. They understood that the jailbreak, listen to this, was not for escape. They, they understood that the jailbreak was for an encounter. Otherwise, they would have been in a hurry to leave. They were not in a hurry because they knew that jailbreak was not for escape. It was for an encounter. They, they understood that God had sent the earthquake not as an evasion, but as an invasion. God sent the earthquake not as an evasion strategy, but as an invasion strategy. God broke the gates and broke the chains not just to rescue Paul and Silas, as the scripture showed us, but so that he could capture the heart of the jailer and other prisoners. God was invading their hearts. Not just saying, you know what, let, let me get you guys out of here. I got something to do right inside this, inside this jail. Can you imagine the scum of people Paul and Silas would have been surrounded with? Can you imagine they probably would be murderers there? They will be thieves, they will be kidnappers, there will be all kinds of people. Philand I mean, molesters. Of course, there will be some people there that, like Paul and Saul, where, uh, Silas were, were there un unjustly. But there were all kinds of people surrounded with scum and filth. So the scripture says that all these so-called scum and filth, they heard the prayers, they heard the song, and then the earthquake that follows. What do you think would have happened to their hearts and their mind? When all of a sudden, their own chains, God did not say, you are his scum, I will, your own chain, I will press it more. <laughs> Broke open as well. What do you think would have happened to their hearts? See, the jailer was asleep. The jailer only woke up to see that everything was open. But these guys experienced from the very first song, Paul and Silas, they pray. Ah, what's happening? They sang, they sing, brah, 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 everywhere. The point I'm trying to make here is that will you listen to what God is saying concerning your jailer, my brother? Will you listen to what he's saying concerning your jailer, my sister? God is saying something concerning that person that has... They say, keep these guys in cell. He took them to the inner cell and put their hands in stock and their feet bound. What is God? Do you understand the purpose of your pain, your current pain? Do you understand the purpose? That that pain has a purpose. Do you understand why your promotion has come suddenly? Do you think it's because of oh, <laughs> suddenly? Or is it because God wants to infiltrate your community because of you? And these are questions that we need to wrestle with. And Pavota to understanding the pain, for instance, is to remember that God doesn't waste any hurt. What pain are you going through right now? God is not wasting that pain. God doesn't waste hurt. Everything you have been through was to prepare you for such a time as this. I love the quote from Oprah Winfrey. Can you put up that quote? She says, turn your wounds into wisdom. Can we have that quote, please? By Oprah Winfrey. Turn your wounds into 
wisdom. Everybody say, turn your wounds into wisdom. The result of the apostles turning their wounds into wisdom or having that posture of staying put after they had the opportunity to escape was what led to that jailer to say, how can I be saved? How can I be saved? The third thing, I'm almost out of time. Do we have more time? <laughs> I might as well just run, give you the, um, there's a whole lot though. The third thing that's pivotal to flow is descending. Again, like I said, from journeys that I've observed, is descending. The simplest definition of descending or discernment that I can give is a deeper level of understanding. A deeper level of understanding that is beyond the practical and analytical mind. Yes, sometimes you, they teach you in school, you understand, right? They teach you something, how to drive, you understand how to drive. But there are some certain things that defy understanding. Okay. There are certain things that defy understanding. And that is where discernment comes. What do we need to discern? Discern who you are in Christ. Discern what you are in Christ. Discern why you are in Christ. Who are you in Christ? The Bible says that we are born of water and spirit. That's who we are in Christ. John 3 verse 5. But I loved the fact that that scripture was coined from Ezekiel originally, right? When Jesus was, um, God was saying to the people, his own people that, you know, I will cleanse you from all impurities. I will cleanse you from idolatry. You, you, you are the one who has a new heart and a new spirit. That is what it is to be born of water and spirit. You are the one who, um, even though you had a heart of stone, you now have a heart of flesh. The one who was moved to follow God's decree and careful to keep his commands. So you will agree with me that you can't understand how you changed. Can you tell me how you changed? I can't understand how I changed. Who knows how they changed? If you're a believer, I mean, you were born again. Yeah, I don't know how I changed. Up until the moment when I gave my life to Christ, I used to smoke weed. But when I gave my life to Christ, the weed was there and I couldn't touch it anymore. I don't know why. Up until the time when I became a believer, I was binge drinking. How I stopped drinking. Again, if you drink, I'm not, I mean, I'm not criticizing you. But again, like pastor will say, my consecration does not allow me go back to that kind of life. Up until the time when I gave my life to Christ, I was philandering. How I stopped, I don't know. Honestly. It just couldn't happen anymore. An understanding of who I am. It's identity. Identity. What are you? You are a general. First Peter 2, 9 calls you a royal priesthood. That's what you are. You're a general who God has planted in that family. Who God has planted in that business. Who God has planted in this community. That is what you are. A general, a representative of the kingdom. Why are you in Christ? So that men can see his righteous works in you. And say, I love this God. That's the prayer we prayed earlier. Philippians 1, 11. Your life becomes attractive. That's why you are in Christ. Not just because you want to, I mean, add to the population of believers. If that was the reason, like we've also learned, God will take you home the moment you give your life to Christ. But that you may make his name famous. And to be born again does not equal subservience. To be born again, in fact, 
is to descend to, to, to descend your, your reason why you're born again is, is to question in the spirit. It's to distinguish between things and perceive the difference that exists between things. That is what discernment is. You discern this and why are these like this? Just the difference. Not necessarily by the practical eye. When I was growing up, the business, we would call it a gut feel. But again, I know that that gut feel, not everybody has the spirit. So sometimes the gut feel may be different. But there's something that comes inside of you. Even when everybody's saying left, 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 you're going right. Okay, they're saying they want to leave the country. Immigration. Everybody's going to UK. But some for reason, God is saying you should go to China. Or you should go to India. It comes from a place of discernment. That you are a Christian doesn't mean that you should be pushed around and fall under the whims and caprices of any and everyone. If Paul and Silas had said, for example, okay, okay, they have said we should leave this, the city. They, re, they finally released us after 24 hours. Okay, let us, they could have Kukuma killed us. Let's be going after they released us. If they had, if they had gone that way, the next brother or the sister that would have come after them would probably have been killed. If they had left because they wanted to just save their lives, the next person that would have been jailed unjustly would not stand a chance. So when you refuse to give a bribe, do it for the next person that will be put in that situation. When you, you, you stand against oppression, do it for the meek in mind. When you challenge the status quo of corruption around you, when everyone else is cutting corners, do it. Because the next person that will be put in that situation may not stand a chance. Christianity, I say it again, does not equal subservience. Christianity equals freedom. If that's the only thing you take this night, that's a loud thing to take. Christianity is freedom. Christianity is freedom. Okay, I'll jump in my notes um, and I'll go straight to uh, I'll go straight to the next thing. Number four. Timing. Timing is pivotal to flow. Not only did they listen and have an understanding, they synced with God's divine timing. Again, present, participle. The Holy Spirit had said it's not time for them to enter Asia. And Paul said, I'm fine with it. The Holy Spirit has said it's not time to enter Britannia. Paul said, I'm fine with it. When the jail door was blown by the open, if you were you, come on, let's be honest. If you were you, what would happen? <laughs> I see someone's hand. Immediately, ah, ah, <laughs> it all set. Phew. If you, if you think I'm lying, ask anybody that has been in a jailbreak before. <laughs> they don't wait to find out what's going to happen. They run first. If you just run to your house and say, I'm alive. But they, 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 they knew this wasn't God's timing. The last time... The last time you were in a situation where it seemed like God had broken a jail door, what was your response? You just stopped to ask if it was time 
to move or immediately was jackpot. And honestly, the last thing you really want to do in an uncomfortable situation is, is to wait, really. You, you want to get out of that uncomfortable situation as quickly as possible, right? When things get out of hand, our instincts tell us, you know, that we must move. We need to get out of this place. But scripture says in Lamentations 3, 26, that it is good to wait patiently for deliverance. I've never seen that before. It is good to wait patiently for deliverance. In fact, the message version says it is it says you should stick it out. Stick it out through the hard times. It is good. The, the difficult times, difficulty, the hard times, is actually the oven of champions. That's where champions are baked in the hard times. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 6 says, There is a time and a way for everything, even when a poor person is in trouble. Hmm. There's a time and a way for everything, even when you are in trouble. Scripture says there's a time and a way. Not the one that you probably are thinking about. There's a time. And it's the God's way. It's the flow way. And that's such a profound statement. Imagine if Saul had waited, you know, had waited on the Lord before he made that sacrifice. That made God say, you know what, I've turned the kingdom from you. Imagine if he had waited. Think about that and think about the scripture. Now, now, imagine if David had not waited when Saul refused to give him what he was, was his own. And David did not say to himself that I refuse to put my hand on God's anointed. What would have happened? Look, one of the reasons why I can still sit here and talk to you in God's way house is because I've waited in flow. And one of the reasons why you are here is because of flow. Guess why? Because not everybody made it thus far. Yes, you can clap. Because you are in flow. People judge by the sight of their eyes and the hearing of their ears. You are here because of flow. And fifth and final thing this evening to flow from experience again is resting. Resting. Everybody say resting. Resting. First Peter 5, 7 says in the Amplified Version, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries. Everybody say, all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns. How many times? Once and for all. Come on. Once and for all on God. Why? Because he cares for you or he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So, so to this, I'd love to say, right? Listen, be carefree with God. Why? Because God is careful with you. Be carefree with God. Yes, you can clap onto the Lord. Come on. Because God is careful with you. In the palm of his hands, be carefree with God. Imagine Paul and Silas in that dungeon, worrying and stressing, and then the conversation, conversation goes like this. Hmm, now what, Paul? Now die, Paul will say, hmm, now so I won't just want to finish. Silas will say, now so I won't just finish for jail, so... God, after all we do for you, eh? Now, so you can't tell us, leave us for here to die. Just imagine, that's the kind of conversation that, if you're honest with yourself, that's the conversation you, have, you hear yourself having sometimes, or believers, I've saved you, God, for so long. But God said, Jesus said, rather, in Matthew 27, Amplified Classic, he says, and who 
of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit or measure or cubit to his statue or the span of his life. If they had been in that dungeon worrying, could they have guaranteed that the next day they would not be killed? If they were worrying or they were anxious, could they have guaranteed that the next day they would not be hung? Could they have guaranteed that the earth would quake and their stocks would be broken if they were worried? No. But instead, they did what it is they know to do. So Paul looks at Silas and says, you know what, Silas, Silas, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Silas says, look full on his glorious face. And the things of this earth will go strangely dim in the life. Of his glory and grace. I want you to sing that with me tonight. Think about your, the dungeon. Think about everything that has put you in stock. Everything that has put you in chains. Everything that has worried you. That can cause you to be anxious and not be carefree with God. And sing that song with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on his glorious face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim one more time turn your eyes turn your eyes turn your eyes on Look for his glorious face And the things of this world Will go strangely deep In the light of his glory and grace Can we please bow our heads even as we bow our hearts this evening? God wants you to flow with him and is giving you an opportunity especially to you you're saying I don't even know where to start from he's saying I want to give you I said I said earlier I don't know how I changed but I know that he changed me you're saying tonight that I want to change I want to begin to flow Jesus I want you to be the Lord and master of my life the director of my life put up your hands and I'll pray with you I want you, Jesus, if you are online as well, the information is scrolling on the screen. You can send an email to that email address. Or you can just indicate real quickly to the online pastors and say, it's time for me to flow. I want Jesus to be the Lord and Master of my life. Father, we thank you. Thank you for everyone committing their hearts to you tonight. We ask that you come in and you help them begin to flow with you by your spirit. Honor and glory we give unto you, mighty Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. And that brings to us to the end of tonight's text. As we welcome, Pastor, remember if you have a question, you could send in your questions if you are online. And if you're in the auditorium, you can just um, indicate. It will pass the mic to you. And then you can ask your questions. I have my own questions lined up while we wait for Pastor. So, good evening, Pa. Welcome aboard. Hi. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Well done. That's Amazing it. teaching. Thank you, sir.
Thank God. Okay, so I'll go my questions first while we're waiting. Do we have questions, Debbie? We do? Let me go first. Uh, let me ask. Six, six, what? Six questions for <laughs> They have six questions for you, sir. <laughs> okay. Uh, should I? Okay, let me just ask that question. You know, I, I was saying earlier that, you know, demons, they recognize Jesus' authority. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us that when Jesus addressed the legion, there were many people in one vessel. So it's not like I'm saying one demon said, now you be Jesus. All of them knew that he was Jesus. This is the son of God. Right? And they still ran to him. Say, Jesus, why are you the son of God? The same thing we're seeing here. This girl, I'm not talking about the girl now. I'm talking about the demon in her. Knew that Jesus, these guys were here on the authority of Jesus. And he was still trying themselves. So, why? Why don't the demon just see us and just run? <laughs> you know, I, I, I would say that um, many levels, okay, first and foremost, um, the presence and the power of God cannot be ignored. So, the, the presence and the power of God in, in our lives, and of course, as we see evidence in the life of Jesus, then the apostles, cannot be ignored by the powers of darkness. It can't. And that's, that's the first thing. Second thing is for those for those that will come to like like you said, try themselves, you know, it's because the, the motto of the kingdom of darkness is let's try again. You know, I've I've shared that several times. That's the motto of the kingdom of darkness. They can lose and keep losing. The fact that you have a victory over the enemy today is not a victory tomorrow. So because he, he will try again. The, the Bible says that and the and Satan left Jesus for a season. He left him for a season, which means he came back again. <laughs> you know, and, and, and came back again. So if, if the enemy already knows that the Almighty is the Almighty, Satan, Lucifer knew that there is no space above him. He still tried himself and said, I will, I will be like the Almighty. I would, and, and God dealt with it, the situation. And, you know, but it does, that hasn't stopped him from at least trying God's people, you know, even though he sees God in them. So, so that is classic. Another level would be, similar to the first, when the power of God is present, you know, many times even the demon spirits that have been hiding will be exposed, you know, by the power of God. So, so sometimes they can't help themselves, you know, they are being exposed, you know. So that's what I would say. Wow. Those are, those are I mean, if, if, in case you've not been taking notes, I would say write, write those down because you, I mean, as long as you're in this head, it's, it's saying you're you are going to be tried. And you, 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 will not be stop, you will not be stopped. You won't be, you won't, they won't stop trying you until Jesus comes. That, that's what you're saying, sir. Correct. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so I'll leave my next question so we can take the other questions in the auditorium. Debbie? Good evening, Papi. Good evening, Pastor Richard. Good evening, Debbie. Okay, so the first question we have says... Prophecy is a gift and also an office. How does such an instrumental part of the body 
get corrupted or infiltrated by demonic spirits? Okay. Thank you for that very, very wonderful question. So I think um, Pastor's response just already made it easy for me to answer that. With every original, and I'm also, this is also borrowed from Papi, there is a fake. The, the, the fake is the proof that the original exists. Like we've been taught, if you see a 5,000 naira note, I'm sure if you give it to the other, say, what is this? She will use it to play toy, right? So the fact that there's original prophecy just means that, I mean, the false is somewhere there waiting to take advantage of the unsuspecting, of the immature, of the ungrounded, right? So the, the, you, you can't stop it from existing because that's fake prophecies is also a pointer that original prophecies exist. But you want to add something to that? Well, that is very correct. You know, I probably will just add that if all you are looking for is foretelling of the future, then you don't need Jesus. Mm. You know, you can get that from demon spirits, even in a corrupt way. Wow. So if, and, and many times they are accurate. So if, if what you are looking for is a foretelling of the scriptures, you don't need God of, of the future. Mm. You don't need God because the, the, the things that those girls, that, that little girl was saying was correct, yes. you know? And the Bible many times will say that they actually are foretelling, you know? And that is just the truth, you know? So, but however, there is no salvation in Satan. You, there is no, there's no deliverance, there's no freedom, there's no liberty. You get a foretale uh, or a forecast of the future in chains. What's the point of being in bondage? It's only Jesus that can save. Hallelujah. And that's, that's, big, that's the big difference. Hallelujah. You know, pa, I remember when I went to South Africa, uh, for those of you who have not been on missions, I can, I can boast here that I've been on missions. <laughs> and not once, more than once. <laughs> anyway, when I went to South Africa, I remember then we were looking for... Um, and we are about to go on another one. Ah! <laughs> Did you hear that? You are about to go on missions. <laughs> so, we were looking for a keyboardist at the time. And I remember vividly the guy, I mean, and when he came and he ministered that day, Ren Small would have been falling on that anointing. I mean, it was really good. So after the service, we had the meeting of, okay, now we've heard you, you can do this, let's onboard. The guy asked me, he said, please, what is your foretelling? Sort of, what, what are you people known for? Is it signs and wonders? Is it miracle? I was shocked. I, I, I didn't get question first. I said, I'm sorry, can you say that again? The guy said, no, this is your ministry. You know, you say, saying, what gospel? I say, yes. Say, so which one do you people do? Is he raising of the dead? Is, ah! I said, yeah, it's Jesus is Lord. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to him. That's real life story. So, like what Pastor just said, all that guy was, is looking for, even as anointed as he is, is foretelling. Where he just goes and there's razzmatazz and there's drama. If there's no drama, it cannot be there. And that's how we left that guy. But again, in the flow, imagine if I wasn't flowing, I would have been saying, oh, this guy, you can't lose this guy. And I'll tell him something to keep him. But that guy left and God sent us an amazing, if I remember him, Dumisan, sent us an amazing yeah, yeah. keyboardist. Amazing, amazing, amazing keyboardist. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Hallelujah. Next one. 
Okay, um, pardon me, I read the numbers wrongly, so it's actually four questions I have. Okay. Okay, so the second question says, does the saying word negate the said word, or do they work together? Awesome. That's another very beautiful question. So, this, this saying doesn't negate the said, per se. The saying, the said is the foundation. The saying is the continuum of that foundation. You have to have heard... For example, God called Moses. God, Moses had to have heard God before he could hear everything else God said. Right? Or God was saying. God created drama to attract Moses. I would say the, say, the said is the attraction. Right? And then the saying is the action. Okay? The continuous action. Paul, would you want to say something to that as well? No, that's fine. Okay. Actually. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, question three says, is it every pain slash jailer that has a purpose mm. that God speaks about? Mm. I, I think that's an as a all question. Let me take it again, please. Is it every pain or jailer that has a purpose or that God speaks about? Mm. Where does the broken world come into the picture? Mm. Like traffic, for example. It's a painful waste of life, really. And it is mostly a daily encounter. Okay. So I, I would like to attempt that question, take a stab at the question in two different, from two different angles. And the first one was the direct question, and the other one is a bit um, out of this context, but again, I'll try and address it. And of course, I have the backing of power here. The first one, is it every pain that has a purpose? I would say yes to that. Because there's always something to learn in the midst of a pain. Always, always something. Sometimes we are blinded by the pain that we miss out on all the lessons to learn um, in that pain. And if you look at scripture, you kind of see that it was, you know, it, it's, it's consistent with all the um, models that we had and we look up to. You know, I can just see myself thinking about Joseph. There's something to learn in his pain. But there are many Josephs in our day that don't learn anything from the pain. Right? Look at David or something. And David, we use David's illustration. Saul, on the other hand, could have learned something from that pain of Samuel uh, not showing up on time. But because he was blinded by just being in the pain, he missed out on an opportunity. Of course, you know how the story ended rather, rather poorly. Okay? Now, let me take it to the part of now talking about traffic, daily pain. Because he said, is it every jailer you learn from? So the first one, I believe I've answered, yes, you learn from that kind of jailer, right? That is, it, there's something to learn in that situation. But in this other one of being in traffic um, uh, every day, the question, the question I've begun to ask myself recently is, let's use Lagos, for example. Must everybody be in Lagos? Really? It's a choice. It's a choice. And not until you, you come to terms with that choice, then traffic will be a headache. So I say that to say, when I'm in traffic, there's something I do to not see my traffic as a pain. And I believe my wife does the same. And that is we use it for personal development. So in traffic, I won't just be there, hey, you won't enter my front, you won't jam me. Which kind of this thing? Go punish fashion. No, 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 I don't do that anymore. Back in the days. Now, I spend the time listening to a message most messages are 45 minutes long. One hour. That's about the one hour to take you for your journey. By the time you get home, you listen to a message. What do I do? I also listen to audio, audio books. 
you'll be amazed the amount of audiobooks you have free on Google, on, on YouTube. What are you trying to develop yourself on? Just type it on YouTube. You'll be shocked. There's an audiobook for it. Most audiobooks, about four hours, five hours. By the time you spend one hour, you'd have listened to a quarter of that audiobook. So, the jailer called traffic is also there for you to learn something. Hallelujah. Pa, you want to add something to that? Well, absolutely. Uh, what I would say is that just to um, what you've said is correct. You know, I probably would just say that it's not all pain that is orchestrated by God. However, all pain can be, can be um, has a purpose. So all pain has a purpose in the sense that God can use all pain for your benefit and your advantage. Take, for instance, the example Pastor Richard gave. Number one, not everybody should be in Lagos. If, if you're in Lagos and you can't stand the traffic, well, there's a Bakaliki and there is a, a you know. Uromi, uh, Uromi, Uromi, pa, Uromi. Uromi, there's a Ugbomsho, Ugbomosho. There are places that don't have traffic. Now, <laughs> in Nigeria, if you are in Lagos and Lagos has traffic and you know you are supposed to be in Lagos for a purpose, then you then the traffic must have a purpose in your life. However, the traffic may be as a result of disorder, which has nothing to do with God. It's not God that has sent traffic to Lagos. It's not God that designed Lagos with traffic. It is the incompetence of men from a leadership standpoint and the and the and the behavioral disorder of men from uh, uh, people standpoints that creates senseless traffic in Lagos. However, like Pastor Richard said, you can use that traffic for purpose, which is personal development. Imagine how powerful you become at the end of the year if all your traffic time is you are listening to a message, you are listening to a book. He said, he said an average book is four hours, you know, and if you use one hour in traffic, you've gone a quarter of the book. Now, I know many of you are saying, ah, ah, one hour, it's more than one hour. Sometimes four hours, right? You have finished the whole book. How about that? So that is how everything, you know, is intertwined. Amazing. Thank you, Pa. Thank you so much. Okay. How many more? Two? One more, sir. One more, okay. Yes. Okay, so the final question I have for now says, do you have any practical tips for dealing with slash separating selfish ambition from allowing the Holy Spirit to do his thing? Let me let Pa answer that question. No, try and start. <laughs> so, for example... Um, when I was preparing for this teaching, I, you know, there's Bible study. There are a lot of things that you can talk about. But I, I felt strongly that the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about flow. 
So one of my practic practical tips is actually flow. I, I try as much as I can to listen. So after I listen to my voice, I correlate it with the voice of the, the word of the Lord to be sure that I heard correctly. Then I, I try and listen to the lives of other people. Sometimes I make a call and say, what do you think about this um, situation? So that is a practical. Everything I shared today, I mean, for the person that asked that question, is actually, I mean, practical steps. There are things, and like I said, there are many more. I just chose the one that I can actually speak into based on the experience. Um, and yeah, so you can, you can adopt any of, any of them. Um, you know, and so maybe that should take me into my own question. And then Pai, you can also add to this question, which is, which is one of your own pivotal um, aspects of flow. You know, apart from anything else that I mentioned, when you're in flow, what's that one, one thing or maybe two that you, you do? Maybe it's not just necessarily listening. You listen, of course, that's fast. You discern, you, you, you know... Um, you understand. Listen, you understand. You discern. Yes, you discern. You understand. But what, what's that one that I didn't mention for you, sir? Uh, well, for, for me, it would be posture. Um, in addition to what you said, oh, you said, oh, you said they are correct. You know, if I'm to add anything, to be posture, which leads to action. So you have listened, you have understood, you've discerned. You uh, got the timing right. It, one came before timing. What is that? Um, yes, yes, yes. Discernment. Listen, listen, descend. Listen, understand, descend, timing, and resting. Resting. Resting, okay, so of course, is at the end. So, you know, after timing, before resting, you, you, want, to, you want to act. You want to take action. So I, I know people that have listened, they've understood, they've discerned. They, they know God's timing, but they refuse to move. They don't do anything. They don't, they don't take that, that step, you know? Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come on water. Peter, Jesus said, come. But Peter could have just gone in and rest. <laughs> Peter had to take the step, you know? And that taking of that step is, is, is a, is flows from the posture of the heart the posture of the heart for obedience. So um, so that's probably what I would add to the flow, which is, which is, the, 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 uh, which is big because it ties to, the, back to the question that we were asked, which is the flesh and everything. So sometimes your, your flesh is saying something else, you know, and that's why Paul will say, I die daily. What does it mean to die daily? Dies to his own flesh, to his own ideas, to his own, you know, path and lives for Christ, live for Christ's idea, for Christ's direction, you know. So that's probably what I would add. Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, so do we have time for one more question? Sure, go ahead. All right, okay. So last week, I mean, let's give a round of applause for Pastor K. I mean, last week I, I enjoyed that. He did say, you know, one of the reasons he felt um, God restrained the apostles from going into, starting with Ephesians, which was um, Asia Minor at the time, was because there was a bigger fish to fry and we don't see the big picture. But I, I said to myself that I didn't really, you didn't say much on that. So I wanted to get your own tips on why you felt, are you there? 
Yes, I am. I could listen to myself. Why you felt God um, forbade them from um, entering Asia Minor at the time? Well, the the exact reason would only be known to God, <laughs> really, <laughs> honestly, because uh, we can speculate based on the things that were documented, you know. But I mean, if you if you understand our work with God, a whole lot of things are not documented. In fact, Luke would say, was it Luke? No, John would say while it was ending the book of John, that if all were to be written about the life of Jesus, you know, there probably will be too many books on earth about it. So, and what he said and did. So, he, he, um, I, I don't, I, I don't, I think it's enough that God restrained them from entering or going in a particular way. And sometimes God will tell us why Sometimes he will not tell us why. When he tells us why, it's, it's for our benefit. When he doesn't tell us why, well, it's, we are human. We can speculate. We can compare notes based on these patterns. But that is all we can do, you know? And God doesn't, God doesn't have a problem with that because he says that the, the, it's, it's the pleasure of the king to, it's the pleasure of God to hide the thing as it is the, it is the honor of the Means to search it out, so uh, so we should we should keep searching it out. But that's what it will be. We are just searching it out. Um, but let me uh, give you an example, um, personal example. Years ago, about fifteen years ago, um, we were on a missionary journey to the Caribbean to start a church in the Caribbean, um, Saint Vincent and the Grenadines, particularly. So on the, on the queue, the immigration queue to enter the country, they had this image of this, um, like it, it was like, it was like um, a creature. And while I was on the queue, it was, it, I looked at the image and the image looked back at me it, it was like the eyes came alive. I, I, I couldn't tell maybe it was in the spirit or it was physically, but the eyes came alive and became a light, the eye that was, that was living. And was, was, if I move like this, was, was tracking me and looking at me. And immediately, you know, of course, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So immediately I was going to engage the spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, don't do it. The Holy Spirit said, don't do it. So I refrained. I looked at it. More like God saved you today. <laughs> but, but I didn't, I didn't engage. We got in to the country, met the chief judge of the federation. I mean, God just opened amazing doors, you know, and all that stuff. So on the way out of the country, God didn't tell me why. I did not even ask, you know, because it, sometimes it's enough that God has said, sit down. It's enough. Can't a father say to the son, sit down? You, can. you know, I mean, is, is there a problem with that? Nah. 
know, you know. Honestly, I didn't ask. It didn't even occur to me to ask. It just went about my business there. But on our way out, the Holy Spirit volunteered the reason he told me not to engage. I didn't ask him. He said to me on my way out that, did you know that if you had engaged that spirit, you would have been deported out of this country. You would have been denied entry into this country. I, I was confused. I was like, how? Until you displace the spirit, that was the ruling spirit. Until you displace it, and you are, you, it remains. So just the same way they were able to flog them, them Paul and Silas, and jail them, you will have received some serious flogging. You have, <laughs> you know, and they will have just turned you back. In my case, I'm not saying that's the case of Paul and Silas. Yeah. In my case, it would have been unnecessary, yeah. you know, and God said, don't do it, you know. So I don't know if that helps. I mean, amazing. You see, you, you, the question in my head, um, the follow-up question was what you answered. And that's the part that it doesn't necessarily tell us the why at times, you know, because sometimes when things happen, you know it's God that told you, but then you're seeing some other things that don't add up. And you're saying, but he didn't even tell me why. And that's where people begin to say, God, you, you failed me. You disappointed me. I've actually had somebody say, God, you disappointed me. God, you, you know, like you, you disappointed me. I pray that that will not be our posture in Jesus' name. I mean, yeah, it's funny, but that's, that's really tough. And that's because you can tell what that person has seen for the person to get to that place where they say, God, you disappointed me. God will not disappoint you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Any more questions? Let's give a clap of hand unto the Lord. Amazing. Okay, so um, at this point... What, Pastor Richard. Sir, okay. there's, there's a question Sorry. here. Not questions. I mean, I just... I asked, um, there, there are other thoughts from your teaching that I, I wanted to share on. Awesome. <laughs> if, if we have time. Do we have time yes, for it? Yes, we do. <laughs> Please. At least we have five, ten minutes, I guess. Okay, so I was thinking about, I was, I was thinking about, before talking about the, the point I want to talk about, just in, in line with this example I gave, mm. I was thinking about coming to Dallas mm. for years and years. I had pastor friends in the U.S. said to me, come to Chicago, start a church. You know, I, if I had family in Chicago, I had friends, I have connections, I know the city inside out. And I would say to them, God has not sent me to Chicago. And for 10 years, nothing happened. But when God wanted us to go to the U.S., God said to me, go to Dallas, that was in 2017. God said, go to Dallas, 2017, 2018, go to Dallas. I didn't know anyone in Dallas. In fact, the only family I, I know, I knew in Dallas, till today, they've not stepped foot into Gospel House, Jeffrey Dallas, they've, they've not come. <laughs> so if it were because of them, I came, then, then the mission is, is, is failed on arrival. Mm -hmm. 
so, so that's just to say that flow is everything. What is God telling you now? What is God saying? If you were to use your brain to calculate it, oh, we should be we should be struggling with uh, Jeffrey Chicago right now. <laughs> it would have been a big struggle. Many of you know why, you know. So, you know. But the God that knows the end from the beginning says that among, I, I don't even know if that is the only reason. Obviously, that's not the only, only reason. But you can clap onto the Lord. Clap. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Yeah. So, so that's that's for that. I, of course, he said to me, "You are the one that that will start that one." You know, again, again, which is why I'm saying that. You know, if any of you are going to go on missions, Pastor Richard, all of you, you know, because you know, I've I've actually struck a deal with God. You know, I I won't tell you the deal I, I struck with God now. I'll tell you later. Yeah, <laughs> another time. You know. Um, Okay, so I just also wanted to mention what you said. I think what you said on in, on, on on when God moves and opens the door, it, it many times it, it is invasion, not evasion. I mean, it's huge, it's big. You know, if you live your life by open doors, that is so primitive. That is kindergarten level of God leading you. When the door opens, then it's God's will. When it closes, then it's not God's will. No, 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 no. We know God's will. If the door is shut, we break it open because it is God's will for it to be open. If a Hallelujah. If a door is opened and God says, sit down, you sit down. You don't go because the door is opened. You don't say, ah, God open this door. Let me no. There are many people that are outside of Nigeria, they have no business being outside of Nigeria. Look, Jackpot Nation, in fact, it's Jackpot, you know, not just Jackpot, Jackpot, you know, that it's become, the days of Andrew checking out his child's play. So, you, you have the visa. Can God give you a visa and say, don't go? <laughs> you need to see the eyes in, in the auditorium staring at me. <laughs> can God give you, can God give you a visa? Can God, can God give you a blue passport, an American passport, and say, go to Nigeria? Everywhere is quiet. Even you, you are just in your seat. <laughs> can, I, can I answer that question honestly right now, sir? Honestly. honestly. It's, a, it's, a, it's a question I don't... I, well, you can answer because you have a mic. Honestly. But it's a question I, I, I wanted people to wrestle with. But go ahead. I mean, before I continue. No, I don't want to answer it. But I'm saying honestly. <laughs> if, if I was to tell myself the truth, the, when the question came... Without being in the flow, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> With all that eyes are seeing. But, <laughs> but I know. I mean, what you're saying is like water to thirsty ground. I know. 
And that, and that is the key. A lot of people are dying today for, for green card. They are dying for visa. They are dying for this. Oh, they are putting that, forcing it upon themselves. If the door opens, can God tell you to sit down? And you will sit down. That is the flow. Right there. Over to you, Pastor Richard. Wow. More, more, more. Wow. I mean, that's, that, that, that speaks to, I believe that speaks to a whole lot of things that's going on in the lives of people practically, right? If God tells you to sit down when you have the opportunity, will you sit down? Will you sit down? Everybody say, I'll sit down. Come on, say like a minute, I'll sit down. Say, I, okay, I like that. Say, I, say again, I must sit down. Amen. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And well done, Pastor Richard. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, um, for the ministry of the word today. And um, God bless you real good in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. The Lord make his shine upon you and be gracious unto Amen. you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you Amen. and give you peace. Amen. And so it is and shall be. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God's favorite house. Who are we? We are limitless all the way. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.